0: Well, hey, Rev City friends and family, good to be with you today. Hope our worship time's already been a blessing to you, filled your heart, filled your home with the presence of God. Listen, if you have your Bible with you today, turn or click to Acts chapter 27. And as you're turning there, want to take a moment and say happy Father's Day weekend to all the men out there, all the dads, all the granddads. Listen, fatherhood is about courageous servant leadership. And more than ever in our culture, with everything that we're up against, everything that we're going through, it's exactly what we need, men and women of God who are willing to speak up and step up. And listen, I'm so thankful for the precious men and women who were willing to gather with me these past two Sundays and have the courageous conversations. Listen, if the people of God do not speak up and step up, the enemy is always right there waiting to fill the void with increased division and hate and violence, and we can look around and see it happening. So it's time for us as the people of God who have the promises of God and the presence of God living inside of us to be the ones who are pointing people to those promises and to God's presence so that we can see what only God can do, healing and reconciliation and hope for our future. So come on, courageous Christian leadership. That's what fatherhood is all about. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. Excited to see you on Sunday afternoon right here at Rev City. We have a gift box that's been filled with all sorts of incredible things for guys. All men, 18 and up, we welcome you to come by Sunday afternoon. Pick up your box. Listen, if dad can't make it and you can come by and pick it up for him, we welcome you to come and do that as well. Can't wait to see you. Happy Father's Day. Well, all right. Acts chapter 27. Let's dig into God's word together today. Because listen, how we respond matters and who we turn to matters. We must turn to God. Find our hope, find our strength, find our way forward in him and in his word. So let's pray together. Right there where you are, pray and invite the spirit of God to speak to you through his word. As I pray for us corporately, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the hope that we find. We thank you for the comfort that we find. We thank you for the healing that we find when we turn to you and we look to you. We welcome you to do those very things and more in our hearts today as we dig into your promises for our lives and for our families. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. All right, we're going to read a lot of Acts chapter 27 today. As the Lord has impressed on my heart some things that I believe he wants to unpack through this amazing story. And listen, let me set the stage for you. Paul has been in prison for his faith, and he's being delivered to stand trial. Let's pick up verse four. We're going to read a lot of this chapter together. And I believe there are some powerful things that the Lord wants to unpack to speak powerful truths to our hearts today through his word. Verse four says this. From there, we put out to sea again and passed to the Lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. Verse seven says we made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Sinaitis. Listen, how many of us can relate to this already? winds that are contrary, slow progress towards the promises, difficulty arriving to the places that God has called us to. In verse 8, it says, We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fairhavens near the town of Lycia. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement, which was a day of fasting. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to both ship and cargo and to our lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that they should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. Listen, be careful who you're listening to. Paul was bringing the word of the Lord. Paul was bringing a warning from God and they chose to listen to the majority. In this season, there were all kinds of opinions and voices and agendas. Be careful who you listen to and be willing to be part of the minority. Who says, as for me, as for my house, we'll serve the Lord. As for me, my hope, my strength, my direction is going to be founded in the word of God. The way that I speak up, the way that I step up is not going to compromise what the word of God has to say. And as I do what God has to say, I trust I'll get God kind of results. Reading on verse 13, it says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. But before very long, a wind of hurricane force. Really, we set out to sail and the wind was gentle. And now there's a wind that's a hurricane blowing against us. It says that kind of a wind called the northeaster swept down from the island. And it says the ship was caught by the storm, verse 15, and could not head into the wind. It couldn't move forward towards the desired direction. And watch what it says. So we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. Listen, mark that. We're going to come back and dig into that. But in verse 21, it says, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. And listen, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm encouraged that the apostle Paul, even the mighty apostle Paul could not resist saying, I told you so. And it says, if you had listened to me, you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But listen, in 22, Paul says, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed because last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he has said to me. In verse 27, we find that for 14 nights the storm has raged and they're still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. And hear me, in this situation, this was not a good thing. 28, they took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found that it was 90 feet deep, fearing they would be dashed against the rocks they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. And listen, as I was reading this passage, this amazing passage, something jumped off the page to me, and it's found in verse 15, where it says that as the ship was being caught up in the storm and could not head in the direction that they intended to head, it says this, they gave way to it and let themselves be driven along. In other words, they found themselves drifting And listen, drifting can be a dangerous place to be. And I've recently experienced the reality of this in my own life. And I love to golf and I love to fish. And recently I was out on our boat fishing and spending time with God and praying and actually catching some fish. And I hooked something and I knew that I hooked something big. And I fought and I fought and I reeled and I reeled only to discover I had hooked into not a giant fish but a giant old log. And as I worked with this to try to untangle it, and I was distracted by the mess that was made and the line that was tangled, and trying to get this all taken apart so I could throw the log back into the lake, I became distracted. And I didn't notice that my motor had died and I had begun to drift. And what had started as a calm, peaceful day of fishing, it was a little windy, but it was a beautiful day, Quickly, I began to look up, and I realized that what had started out as a beautiful day was now turning into a disaster because I looked up and realized I was up against the rocks. My motor was dead. I had become distracted, and I had drifted into a dangerous place, and hear me. The Lord began to speak to my heart about the dangers of drifting spiritually, Some of the ways that maybe I have begun to drift in this season. Maybe the ways that you might be feeling you're drifting from your calling, from your convictions, from your commitments. And listen, for those of us who have found ourselves drifting, God is calling us back onto course, back to a place of purpose and passion, back to a place of priority and pursuit of the things in the call of God, back to the place where we're living out what Hebrews chapter 12, one and two encourages us to live, to throw aside everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. Why? So that we can run with perseverance the race that God has marked out before us. How do we do it? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Because you see, I got distracted. At first, I got disappointed. I thought I had caught a three-foot fish, and it turned out to be a six-foot log. Disappointment caused distraction. And then I looked up and realized I had drifted to a place of discouragement. I mean, it was a stressful moment fighting to keep that boat from being damaged on the rocks and trying to navigate the log and the wind and the waves. I had drifted to a dangerous place. Today, what's distracting you? What's disappointing you? What's discouraging you and causing you to take your eyes off of Jesus in a way that might have you drifting away from the calling and the conviction and the passion that you once had in your heart? For Jesus today, he's calling you back. He's calling you back. Come on to that race that's laid out before you, which implies intentionality, which implies forward motion, which implies our eyes on the finish line, our eyes on the promises, our eyes on the prize that God has set out before us. And listen, if you feel like the wind and the waves are causing your boat to be almost shipwrecked, be reminded, be encouraged. Hebrews 6, verse 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Another translation says, strong and trustworthy. Come on, if you feel like you're drifting, if you feel like you're about to be beaten against the rocks, turn to Jesus. Turn to the anchor who is Jesus, which takes us back to verse 29 in Acts chapter 27, that says, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors, from the stern, and prayed for daylight. Look, it says they dropped four anchors. And I believe that the Lord reminded me of four things, four anchors, that if we as the people of God will focus on, fix our focus upon, that it will keep us from drifting spiritually. And they just all happen to start with the letter P. God's presence, God's promises, God's people, and God's purposes for our lives, for your life. Number one, God's presence. And this all has to do With prayer and praise. Listen, everything that we're up against in the world today are not going to be solved completely by politics or programs. There's some things we can do. There's some things we should do. But the answer is only going to come in completion when the people of God do what God's word has to say and hit our knees and turn our hearts towards heaven. Humble ourselves and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. That's our part. And God's part is to come and to heal our land. We've got to once again, come on, be a people of God's presence, calling out to him in prayer and giving thanks to him in praise. And number two, God's people. And listen, people of God, with everything that we've been walking through, the pandemic and the racial unrest, listen, God will use those things to connect families back together. And God will use that issue to bring about healing and reconciliation in ways we've never seen before. But the enemy would love nothing more to also use those things to cause us to feel disconnected and to cause for there to be a deeper divide as he sows discord among the brethren. And listen, it's the way the enemy operates because he understands that we are better together that God's called us. There's power in our unity. There's power in our agreement. There's power when we come together in spite of our different backgrounds, different races, different nationalities, and join together to serve God and serve people. Ecclesiastes 4 says it so clearly. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and stand and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Listen, we're better together. And God's called us to be a body. God's called us to be the church of Jesus Christ, standing together. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Gather together and encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, we're better together. And Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He loved nothing more than to cause you to become disconnected from the people of God. And listen, what I understand is that the Bible says Satan goes around like a roaring lion. What I know about lions is that they look, as they're hunting, they look for the one that gets disconnected from the herd, who gets isolated from the family, and that's where the lion pounces. Don't get disconnected. Stay connected to God's presence And to God's people, number three, the third anchor that will keep us from drifting into dangerous places, God's promises, listen, which are found in his word. And more than ever, with all the opinions, the increasing perspectives about how to do life or do marriage or how to respond to this or how to speak up or step up more than ever, we've got to be people of God's word. People of God's promises, once again, digging into this book, which is alive and active and sharp and say, God, what is your heart for the matter above and beyond what I think or what I feel? What does your word say? Come on, man of God, woman of God, young person, dig into God's word. Stay connected to God's promises Build your life, build your family, build your marriage, build your business on the Word of God. Matthew 7 verse 24 says this, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Come on, the storms might come, the winds might blow, the waves might roar, but that house will stand if it is built upon the Word of God. Stay connected to God's presence. Stay connected to God's people. Stay in God's promises. And for the fourth anchor that keeps us from drifting into dangerous places is stay connected to God's purposes. God's purpose for your life. Listen, 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says that you were saved for so much more than just to get to heaven. You were saved and called with a holy calling, not according to your works, but according to God's own purpose and grace. Listen, you need to hear me today. Your life and your purpose matters. It matters to God. It matters to this community. It matters to this church, in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace. Don't allow discouragement. Don't allow even defeat to keep you on the spiritual sidelines of the purpose of God for your life. Keep loving, keep serving, keep giving. Keep speaking. Your life matters. Your purpose matters to the purposes of God. Listen, the Bible says that the godly may stumble or fall even seven times, but they will get up again. Don't allow the enemy to come and tell you that you are insignificant or that you are unqualified. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. There's a purpose for your life. And listen, the scripture that's been so powerfully important to me as we've walked through these seasons says we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of who? Those who love God and who are called according to what? His purpose for them. Your life matters. Your purpose matters. Listen, friend, right where you are today, would you just begin to ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you speaking to me? Are there any places in my life where I find myself drifting, drifting from my calling, drifting from my commitments, drifting from my convictions about who you are and who I am in you? Listen, as you're asking the Lord to speak to you, and I trust He's speaking to you, I wanna speak to you as well, and I wanna pray for you. I wanna speak to anyone who is in a storm, anyone who finds themselves drifting, and I wanna encourage you today that God's calling you back, He's calling you back to that place of intentionality, that place of purpose and passion. He's calling you back to that place of priority and pursuit. He's calling you back to His presence. He's calling you back to be that person of prayer. Come on, that man or woman of God who every day hits your knees and surrenders your heart and commits your life to God in a fresh and new way, who looks to Him to be the source of your strength, the source of your hope. He's calling you back to the people of God. I want to speak to you if you feel disconnected from God or from his people, he's calling you home. He's calling you back to that place of his promises, to be in his word. And we need men and women and young people of God's word who will once again begin to build our lives and build our homes upon the truth of God's promises. And he's calling us back to his purposes. The call of God on your life the difference He's called you to make. Don't allow disappointment or discouragement or even defeat to keep you on the sidelines of the calling and the purpose of God for your life. Listen, God's calling us, but our part is to answer. And right where you are today, say yes to God. Say yes to His invitation. Lord, we say yes to the call to come back into your presence and into your promises, and to be with your people, Lord, connected to your purposes. We say yes, Lord, in the places where we've been spiritually drifting. God, to anyone today who feels like they're in a storm, the seas are are roaring and the winds are blowing, God, thank you that we have an hope. Thank you, Lord, that we have an anchor for our soul that's firm and secure, strong and steadfast, and his name is Jesus. We look to you. We repent of our sins. We turn back to you, Lord. We turn from our wicked ways, and we thank you that you would come and you would heal our land. And listen, friend, if today you're far from God, you've drifted away from Him, today He's calling you back home. He's calling you back to that place of relationship, that place of purpose that only He can provide, that only He can see you through to. Right now, listen, friend, if that's you, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to the free gift of salvation that we don't have to earn. We never could earn it. We receive it by faith and by grace. Listen, if that's you, you're responding to Jesus saying, I recognize I'm a sinner, I recognize I'm drifting, and I need God in my life. We wanna pray this with you and for you. And Our church family knows we do it for a couple of reasons. One is to quickly tell you and affirm to you we wanna come alongside you to support you in your relationship and your walk with Jesus Christ. And two, it's because even as we are growing in our faith, we recognize we never graduate from grace. We need Jesus today as much as we've ever needed Him before. So let's pray this together. Repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you that life and I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. And right where you are, would you just rejoice with all of heaven for the precious people who dedicated their life to Jesus today? And listen, friend, if that was you, we want to hear from you. We have some resources we would love to send you. Would you text us, text New Life, all one word, to text number 30500, or email us at newlife at RevCity.com? Well, friend, I hope you've been encouraged by God's word today to stay anchored to His presence, His promises, His people, and His purpose for your life. Before we close today, let's worship the Lord together one more time today.